Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to House of Cards. Today, the game is different. I want to gamble. Gambling is a very serious business. Is that clear? Welcome to House of Cards. Dave Weishelder with you here deep from the swamps of Jersey. we got a great show coming up for you. The gaming industry and states all start with laws, rules, and regulation. Every state's gaming market emerged because of the hard work the lawmakers do in the states. And that's why communication between these lawmakers allows for the gambling industry to grow and expand in this country. And one place where the lawmakers of this country get together and talk about the issues in the gambling industry is at the National Council of Legislators from Gaming States. They are having their summer meeting from July 12th to the 15th in Denver, Colorado, to discuss the cutting-edge issues which will affect gambling in this country in the near future. And coming up, I'm going to speak with two members of leadership of this important organization. Senator John Ford of Indiana and Delegate Sean Fluharty from West Virginia are going to let us know about the important issues that will be discussed in Denver this summer. So stick around. We'll be right back with House of Cards. Hey, this is Dave Weishadol from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of May 15th, 2023. February was a huge month in the U.S. commercial gaming industry. According to the American Gaming Association, the nationwide gaming industry reported $5.12 billion in February from traditional casino games, iGaming, and sports betting. This is the highest February revenue number in history and is 14.5% higher than February of 2022. The New York Daily News reported that most of the residents of Queens support a casino at City Field. According to the report, a poll done by Showen Cooperman Research shows that 78% of the respondents support the casino project at the Mets' home stadium. There are three New York City area casino licenses up for grabs for those who are willing to shell out $500 million for them. And finally, tourists are spending a lot of money in Las Vegas. According to a report from the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority, spending from tourists set a new record. In 2022, visitors to Vegas spent $79.3 billion, which is a 24.7% increase from the previous record set in 2019. The spending record was set even though there were 3.7 million less visitors than in 2019. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. Auto Accident Help Desk is a marketing agency connecting callers with attorneys. Providers pay a fee for advertising services. I love getting my kids ready and driving them to school. But a careless driver can change your life in an instant and insurance companies want to settle on the cheap auto accident help desk connects victims with powerful lawyers they fight for you i called auto accident help desk and got help for my pain and suffering don't let an insurance company take advantage of you our attorneys fight and beat big insurance every day call 800-297-9766 800-297-9766 if you've been injured in an automobile accident in the last six months You owe it to yourself to make this free call with no obligation. We're available 24-7 to help you get the money you deserve for your pain and suffering. Auto Accident Help Desk helps accident victims like you every day. Call 800-297-9766. 800-297-9766. 800-297-9766. You're listening to House of Cards. Check out our website at houseofcardsradio.com. 
Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you. I don't have to tell anyone who listens to this show that the rate of gambling expansion in this country has been amazing. And what is equally as fascinating is how each state deals with gambling within their borders. And an absolutely incredible group that discusses the issue of gambling in this country is the National Council of Legislators from Gaming States, which is having their summer meeting July 12th to the 15th in Denver, Colorado. And we're going to find out all about it because on the line we have two members of its leadership. John Ford is a state senator from Indiana, and Delegate Sean Fluherty is from West Virginia, and they are both on the line with us right now. Senator Ford and Delegate Fluherty, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Looking forward to it. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure having you guys on. And I got to tell you, working in the gaming industry, I can attest to the fact that both Indiana and West Virginia are great gaming states, and they really bring in great revenue figures every month. So with my first question, I'm going to give you guys a chance to brag about your states a little bit and tell the people who are listening across the country about the gaming industry in Indiana and West Virginia. Senator Ford, let me start off with you and give us an overview of the gaming industry in Indiana. Yeah, we have 14 brick-and-mortar casinos um, that uh, started about 30 years ago as riverboats, and we've transitioned to uh, locations closer to interstates. And then in 2019, we added sports wagering. Um, And uh, we really have grown quite a bit since uh, we added sports wagering, and we are in the process of adding a Churchill Downs casino um, and uh, conveniently enough in my Senate district in the western part of Indiana. Delegate Fleury, how about West Virginia? Tell us something about the gaming industry in West Virginia. Well, you know, we're known as the wild and wonderful state of West Virginia. (laughs) And I think the gaming industry could be described the same currently. We have sports betting. We actually passed sports betting prior to PASPA being overturned. Mm. One of the first states to get in on the ground level and then we followed it up the next session with iGaming, mm-hmm. which I think John's probably a little jealous about yeah. <laughs> that. We, we, we have iGaming in West Virginia. And, you know, we have expansive, um, expansive gaming laws and a very powerful West Virginia lottery regulates and does a great job. And we're now looking at iLottery as the next step for us. And really, at the end of the day, I don't know what we don't have at this point. I know, we're right? I mean, you're going to have to come up with some new ideas for West Virginia because we've done everything. (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, one of the great things about being an attorney in the gaming industry and also doing this show is I get to talk to a lot of state officials around the country about their states and the issue of gambling. And one of the questions I always ask them is, how much do you pay attention to what other states are doing? Or how much do you speak with people in other states when forming your rules and regulations? And without fail, they all say, yes, we certainly look at other states. What, what they're doing and they listen to other states, what they're saying and any advice they give. That, that's why I think the National Council of Legislators from Gaming States is so important for the gaming industry in this country. For those who aren't familiar with the National Council of Legislators from Gaming States, what is it and what do you both hope to accomplish through this council? Well, the council's been around uh, now for a little over 20 years and really was meant to bring legislators from gaming states together to share best practices. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to your earlier point, we, we do watch each other and what we do. And I am jealous of Sean and West Virginia <laughs> having iGaming, that's for sure. But, um, you know, we're a little competitive, right, as politicians. And sure, uh, sure. we, you know, get together. And really what, what I love about it is how we all share, you know, different ideas and what maybe we could have done to make our legislation better and hope, hopefully help other states, you know, improve on their gaming aspects. To that point, Dave, I think 
what Nickel G's brings to the table if you're a, a new legislator or one that's mm-hmm. held office for years is that there's no other tool out there in these conferences that you're invited to like Nickel G's. This is driven by legislators. We're in the room together. We're brainstorming and we're putting together these panels where legislators can learn so much about the gaming industry and what's next, where we're going, and more importantly, how we got here. You know, that's, I think, when I was first elected, which seems like yesterday, but it was back in 2014, and learned of Nickel G's and started attending the conferences, that's what really spearheaded myself and others from West Virginia to embrace sports betting and iGaming and move the legislation. I'm not so sure we could have moved the legislation like we did mm-hmm. without having Nickel G's available. You know, and I want to stress the fact that, and this is the point I love, the National Council of Legislators from Gaming States isn't a Republican organization or it's a Democratic organization. There are people from both parties. You're from different parties. Each of you are different parties. Is the issue of gambling, does that reach across the aisle? Is that such a big issue for a state that Republicans and Democrats can find common ground on this issue? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, when we talk about gaming and, and the proceeds from gaming, they, they go all over the state of Indiana and in many states, you know, they spread across local governments. And, you know, I, I really think when we get together at Nickel G's, you know, parties aside, and we're focused on improving gaming in our states. Well, I would say generating revenue is green. Yeah. It's not red or blue. <laughs> and that's what I gaming and sports betting the ability to do just that, and especially iGaming. I think a lot of people have a misconception that sports betting is the huge revenue generator for states, when in reality, iGaming, oh, yeah, yeah. West Virginia and other states, it's basically three to one. It takes three months of sports betting to equate what one month of iGaming brings in in West Virginia. So I think getting to the finish line, you know, it's a windy road if you've been in the gaming industry and legislatively how that works, whether you're Republican or Democrat. But at the end of the day, we had full bipartisan support for our legislation for both sports betting and iGaming. Now, I think there are different ways that you get there. Some some Republicans may not want to expand gambling in general, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a very conservative issue where Democrats maybe are more into it. But there are so many things you can do with this legislation that I think everybody comes to agreement on. For instance, the consumer protection side, which I think and hopefully we'll get into that, is the next, the next phase sure. for many states is to kind of uh, bolster their consumer protection laws that maybe years ago were not thought of when we were reflective and looking back on legislation. So you know, those are things you can get to the finish line on this issue because it's nonpartisan. It, we, in this country, we're very divided right now on many yeah. issues, but really gaming and sports betting and iGaming is something where I think you can check off a lot of boxes on both sides of the aisle. Stick around. We'll be right back with more House of Cards. Attention. 
If you owe back taxes to the IRS, the IRS is cracking down by hiring 87,000 new agents to garnish your paycheck and put liens on homes and businesses. They can even seize your bank account. The IRS calls it enforced compliance, and now they have the manpower to get you. Penalties and interest on unpaid taxes compound daily. So call One Stop Tax Relief Shop and get the IRS off your back. They're experts in the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. Call 800-353-2174. 800-353-2174. One Stop Tax Relief has resolved thousands of cases since 2014 and saved clients millions of dollars. Call now for a free consultation. Get the IRS off your back. Call 800-353-2174. 800-353-2174. Every 40 seconds, a kid is reported missing. Find the Children provides educational material that teaches your kids how to recognize and avoid predators. Our recovery programs are very successful in bringing kids back home to their family. You can help protect our kids and bring the missing kids home safe by donating your unwanted car, truck, SUV, or van. Running or not, we guarantee you will receive the maximum tax deduction. We provide fast free pickup usually within 24 hours. Over 2,000 kids are reported missing every day. Call now to donate your vehicle. Donate now to bring these kids home safe. Call 800-706-6060-600-800-706-6060-800-706-6060. You're listening to the House of Cards. Is is that good? Do, Do I want that? Oh, yeah, you want that. Well, fantastic then. Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you. House of Cards is brought to you by the Life Hack Pack from More Labs. Unlock your best self with the Life Hack Pack from More Labs. The Life Hack Pack contains two bottles of morning recovery, two bottles of Dreamwell, and two bottles of liquid focus. The Life Hack Pack is specially designed to help you live your life not just better, but smarter. Use promo code RADIO15 at morelabs.com to get 15% off your first purchase of the Life Hack Pack or any of their other great products. That's promo code RADIO15 to take advantage of this great promo of 15% off your first purchase at morelabs.com. You can finally do it all with help from More Labs. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with Senator John Ford of Indiana and Delegate Sean Flaherty from West Virginia about the National Council of Legislators from Gaming State Summer Meeting being held July 12th to the 15th in Denver, Colorado. Well, you mentioned sports betting. It's been the big story in the gaming industry for a couple of years now. I, I'm sitting here in New Jersey, which was ground zero for the court fight that allowed sports betting across the country. I mean, it was such an interesting journey. I mean, first, the professional sport leagues were saying that the worst thing you can do in life is place a bet on sports. And then they said, okay, but uh, you have to give us an integrity fee if you want to do something like that. And now professional sports leagues are making deals with sportsbook operators and he really can't turn on a game without seeing betting odds and over-unders. I'm curious, how did sports betting progress in your individual states, and did you have unique challenges that your specific state presented when launching sports betting? 
Sean, why don't you start on with West Virginia? Okay, sure. Well, I can tell you, uh, since we were one of the first states, the leagues came in at the 11th hour. Yeah. And, look, they didn't come into West Virginia because we're a large state, right? We're 2 million mm-hmm. people. They came in because of the precedent it would set when we moved forward and other states would follow. And when I'm talking about the leagues coming in, they wanted that integrity fee. Yeah. You know, they had a meeting at West Virginia Lottery. They hired powerful lobbyists. And they had their one pager that I've shared on social media probably 100 times now. Of, Here's what the leagues thought prior to sports betting <laughs> taking off, right? Integrity fee. Oh, we yeah. Should be able, we should be able to opt out because this is going to be horrible. We need player protection. And now you have a DraftKings banner on the green monster. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this, is, this is where we're at now. And I knew that that was going to happen eventually. But they came in and they wanted to set the precedent. But look, I think Mark Cuban had it right when when this went down, when the ruling was overturned, was that his he owns the Dallas Mavericks. That basically it probably doubled in value, and he kind of made an off the cuff comment about that, and that was telling me, look, you don't need this integrity fee. I mean, we're going to be watching games that we never would have watched before for the entirety of the game because now we have sports betting and a regulated market that more people are participating in. You're going to make plenty of money off of this. And lo and behold, look at it now. Yeah. I mean, they are a partner. Uh, the leagues are all in on this, uh, to use the House of Cards reference. They've moved all the chips in the middle of the table, and they love sports betting now. And now almost to the point where they've kind of gone overboard, right? <laughs> yeah, you talk yeah. about the advertising side, and really I think that's the next thing is, is that, okay, wait a minute. They have all these affiliates. They're not necessarily disclosed to the states, and they're running buck wild in this industry without any checks or balances right now. And I think if you talk to the average constituent or consumer out there, that's the pushback. It's like, wait a minute, this is maybe a little too much, and maybe we should have some regulation on that side. Yeah, in Indiana, we uh, you know followed suit. We obviously watched what uh, was go- happening in New Jersey and West Virginia and other states before us, and we kind of took a slower path and started with daily fantasy and then moved to uh, I uh, moved to uh, sports wagering in 19 but we also had the same same battles with uh, the leagues coming in and really you know demanding an integrity fee and it really didn't make sense to a lot of us on a policy standpoint so it it um, they pushed hard but we pushed back and uh, you know we um, you know I think passed a pretty pretty good sports wagering bill with some good regulations, but we watched West Virginia and, and New Jersey. And I think our regulator was in, uh, had, you know, two months mm-hmm. to implement sports wagering and spent a lot of time with the New Jersey regulators to get it off and running. Well, you know, you know, you just mentioned it. And one of the important things that you're going to be discussing at the conference as being held in Denver on July 12th to the 15th is if the regulatory system that is put in place to protect people who bet and is it keeping up with the new technology in sports betting? I, I mean, is that the real challenge for states? I, I want to give you guys an example. I, I was speaking with a software company that has an app that puts in sports books, which, if activated on, a, on your phone, will know which particular game you're watching on television in real time. I mean, and then it will come up with a personalized betting option for you. I mean, I, I initially thought, oh, my God, what a great marketing tool. And then about a minute later, I was thinking, 
I'm home alone and someone knows that I'm watching on TV. I mean, it kind of felt a little weird listening to that. I mean, but is the regulatory system for sports betting keeping up with technology, in your opinion? And is that the real challenge for the states to keep up with this technology? Well, I definitely think it's a challenge mm-hmm. in uh, for states to keep up. And then, you know, with that example you gave, you know, <laughs> do we license that per- that company? Um, you know, and I think here in Indiana, if I had to do it over again, maybe we would define mm-hmm. um, who we'd license would license and and how deep we'd go within companies. I think we, um, you know, from what I hear from vendors and providers, we tend to maybe be on a little heavy handed on the regulation side and maybe, uh, you know, having too many people get licensed. But I think definitely technology and as we move forward into iGaming is really going to be a challenge. And I know our regulator here in Indiana is pretty concerned about whatever we do, if we move forward with iGaming, that we provide enough revenue for them to keep working on this technology and staying up to date. Dave, to your point, you know, I think what gets lost in all of this that doesn't discuss discussed enough is that we're dealing with an addiction, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know that you can get addicted to gambling in general and sports betting is not isolated from that. iGaming is not isolated from that. So it's important that we understand that as this industry evolves and the technology takes off, that we have to empower our regulators to one work together with other states. You know, when we first started, you basically have the godfather of regulation in New Jersey and David Reebok. Yeah. And that guy is phenomenal, right? And if it wasn't for him being able to share information with states like West Virginia, where would we be today, right? So we just had a, a, an issue on gambling with the Alabama baseball this week. Sure, right? sure. Ohio shared information. Other states shared information. The regulators were on top of it. And it showed that it worked, that regulation works in the industry. Mm-hmm. And we have to keep up with that. And I think moving forward, you're going to see more of a compact-like structure where states are sharing the information with the regulators to keep up with the technology. And on top of that, legislators need to be apprised of what's going on and how technology is moving. Because what the example you just gave is is similar to micro betting, which is your in-game live betting. And you're sitting there. We have issues with latency. You know, the NFL just did a deal with YouTube TV. Mm -hmm. So to your example on that particular app, how is that going to work when we have, what, a 20 to 30 second delay? Yeah. And the app is going to update faster than your television because it's coming in slower. So <laughs> who has all the benefits there, right? Yeah, it's not I know. The better. It's not the better. So are we going to have regulatory structure in place where the, the bets are frozen mm-hmm. for that latency period? I mean, there's so many issues that arise with, as technology moves that uh, that's why you had to come to Nickel G's to learn about these yeah, things yeah. and work on them in, in your state. And that's why we have to have a strong consumer protection uh, for the betters moving forward. And, uh, you know, those are the conversations that we need to be having and that with the fundamental understanding of what we're dealing with here, an addictive product. It seems that states are really jumping on the sports betting bandwagon and are really accepting of allowing sports betting, especially if the state next to them gets it. So they're really motivated to have sports betting. However, a lot of states are very reluctant to allow iGaming and online casinos within their state. Why do you think that is? And do you think more states in the future will allow online casinos to go live in the coming years? Well, I think here in Indiana, what we've run into is I think with sports wagering, everybody knew at their local tavern or their mm-hmm. local barbershop, 
you could bet on sports. I, I think there's a little disconnect from a, from legislators who aren't involved in gaming that you know there is a black market for gaming in their state. Right. We we have to admit that that it's just happening right now with offshore accounts. Sure, sure. And and that's really been the struggle for me here in Indiana is to get people to understand that we have, you know, maybe billions of dollars going offshore in casino iGaming. Stick around, we'll be right back with more House of Cards. Some people like knocking boots. How to do? While others get lucky. And some just get it on. No matter how you do it or what you call it, Adam and Eve makes your whoopee hot with 50% off almost any one sexy item. Just enter offer code BOOTS2 at checkout and get 50% off plus 10 free gifts, including free shipping. First, get busy with a gift for you. Shake the sheets with something exciting for them and hit a home run with a third item you'll both enjoy. Sounds like someone hit the sweet spot. Plus six free bonus gifts that'll make you say, Bow chicka wow wow. Adam and Eve is tapping that offer. Oh yeah. With 50% off and 10 free gifts, including free shipping. Use offer code BOOTS2 at adamandeve.com now. That's offer code BOOTS. Boots 2. Boots 2 at adamandeve.com. Auto Accident Help Desk is a marketing agency connecting callers with attorneys. Providers pay a fee for advertising services. I love getting my kids ready and driving them to school. But a careless driver can change your life in an instant. And insurance companies want to settle on the cheap. Auto Accident Help Desk connects victims with powerful lawyers. They fight for you. I called Auto Accident Help Desk and got help for my pain and suffering. Don't let an insurance company take advantage of you. Our attorneys fight and beat big insurance every day. Call 800-297-9766. 800-297-9766. If you've been injured in an automobile accident in the last six months, you owe it to yourself to make this free call with no obligation. We're available 24-7 to help you get the money you deserve for your pain and suffering. Auto Accident Help Desk helps accident victims like you every day. Call 800-297-9766. 800-297-9766. Having a rough morning after a long night out? Stayed at the party a little too long and you have work the next day? Well, we've all been there. That's why there's morning recovery. Morning Recovery is the flagship product of More Labs, and it's scientifically engineered to outsmart rough mornings. Their patent-pending formula has been designed to boost your body's natural response to alcohol, rehydrate, and restore your body's vital nutrients. What's that all mean? It means Morning Recovery helps you feel better after drinking. Take one full bottle right before your first drink, between drinks, or up to one hour after your last drink. Go get some rest and wake up feeling like a million bucks. It's that simple. And we've got a special offer for you. Use promo code RADIO15 at morelabs.com and get 15% off of your first purchase of Morning Recovery or any of their other great products. That's RADIO15 at morelabs.com to take advantage of this great promo of 15% off of your first purchase. Morning Recovery from More Labs, so you can work hard, play hard, and live life without compromise. 
You're listening to House of Cards. Your Majesty, the royal wrestlers await. I'll bet on the little guy. How much? 3,000 guineas, two geese, and a duck. That's a foul bet. Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishato with you. This portion of House of Cards is brought to you by SCCG Management, delivering technology-driven capability expertise and customer and business value to the gaming industry for over 30 years. For more information, go to sccgmanagement.com. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with Senator John Ford of Indiana and Delegate Sean Fluherty from West Virginia about the National Council of Legislators from Gaming State's Summer Meeting being held July 12th to the 15th in Denver, Colorado. Delegate Flurdy, you have online gaming in your uh, in your state. How is it working? Because I know, like you said, online casinos bringing so much more money than sports betting. Well, John's spot on. I think the first thing you have to do if you're looking to move the legislation is educate your peers. I mean, uh, the average legislator, I was looking this up, we were at a conference a few weeks ago and John was on the panel, is that legislative leadership is generally 60 plus years old. Okay. Leadership. I'm talking how a bill moves, how a bill becomes a law. You need legislative leadership to move it. So they have to have an understanding of what exactly the product is. And I think there's a disconnect by the public and the leadership on this particular issue. I mean, you're looking at a bunch of people who've struggled to silence their cell phones in a crowded room (laughs) and you want them to understand iGaming and iCasino and how that operates on their phone. So naturally, there's a disconnect. And I think, as John said, everybody understands sports betting. It sucks up all the oxygen in the room. But legislatively, the better product legislatively for the state is clearly iGaming. And until the public gets on board and understands it fully, I feel like the public usually gets on board before the politicians. And so there was a push for sports betting by the public. There hasn't been for iGaming. And the industry has really failed, I think, to kind of connect the two. So you, it takes a state like West Virginia where we have like the groundswell of legislators who are in the know on it, like myself and others that are pushing it and educating our colleagues to say, this is important. Here's why. And here's the, here are the revenue numbers, <laughs> which I think if you're predicting what's next, right, uh, you're going to see more states move because one, the COVID money is going to dry up. We sure, know that. Sure. Uh, it is, it is generating revenue. And we have evidence now from states who have been live for a number of years to show that it's not cannibalizing the, the casino brick and mortar. That's that's the big worry, right? That, oh, the sure, casinos sure. come in and say, oh, we're going to lose participants in this market. And no, it, it grows the market across the board. A lot of individuals who will use their phone aren't going into the brick and mortar now. And a lot of the individuals who are in the brick and mortar aren't suddenly not showing up because they can use their phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the evidence that we have. And I think now that we have that evidence and we have this push that kind of is being more embraced, similar to sports betting, I think you'll see some more states come on board. But that, I think, explains the apprehension of why we haven't seen it take off like sports betting. You know, another topic you're going to be hitting at the summer meeting is something that's in the news right now, especially in my home state of New Jersey, and that's casino licenses being offered in major urban centers. I know Texas and Georgia are contemplating this now. Like I said, in my home state of New Jersey, the big story is the potential of casinos in New York City. I mean, right now they're across the river from me in, in Philadelphia. There are big casinos 
in the center of Philadelphia. And New Jersey's casinos are tucked away in Atlantic City, which is a Jersey Shore town on a barrier island on the corner of the state. But are retail casinos moving to our larger cities? And, and what challenges that does that present to, for the states involved in that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, as, as gaming has evolved, you know, here in the Midwest, certainly we started out on riverboats. And, you know, mm-hmm. the joke was always, you know, why along a river? And it was the mafia couldn't swim, right? And that was kind of the joke we said here. But it's, you know, I think it was proven that it kind of it didn't work and we didn't maybe necessarily um, – you know, maximize the resource. So what we here in Indiana have done is move to um, casinos closer to interstates. So that's kind of been our first move forward. I think, you know, the conversation we bring up moving into a more urban space like Indianapolis, you know, folks there want it for the convention business. So when people are in town or for sporting events, they can go and, uh, you know, gamble. But um, that has been really slow to take on here in Indiana. But I think across the country, we're going to have to look at more, I think, more urban spaces. Uh, I think what we're seeing now, there's more of a general acceptance in the populace populace of gaming in in general. So it used to be we got to kind of hide it a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? It's not going to be in our urban center. It's going to have to be kind of in the back room, like old gray machines. we got to have it in the back (laughs) And same with kind of what has happened with the cannabis industry. You have some states who say, we want we want these facilities out in the open for everybody to see, just like any other shop. And you have some states who say, well, we're still going to keep it on the back streets. And I think what you're seeing is now that the general acceptance uh, from from the public on this issue is that, okay, let's put it in the population center because it's accepted now. I think that's just a general change in the complexities of gaming is like, Oh, this is a generally accepted practice. Why are we hiding it in some rural spot? So, you know, West Virginia is not exactly very metropolis. We don't have a lot of big cities, but you look at where we have them now. Charleston's our biggest city. We have one there wheeling where I'm at in the Northern Panhandle sandwiched between uh, Ohio and Pennsylvania. So we have Columbus and Pittsburgh within close driving proximity. We have a casino, our Eastern Panhandle. We have a casino. So if you look at our population centers, we have casinos there, and I think other states are moving that way. And I think Sean brings a great point. I think gaming really has moved to be another form of entertainment Sure, that people are more accepting of than they were 20 years ago. Right? Sure, they're point. going to casinos not even to really gamble anymore because they've evolved with the times. It's an entertainment district. So why would you have the entertainment district where there aren't any people anymore? <laughs> Another issue you're going to be discussing, and uh, it's certainly it's been in the news a lot because of the Kentucky Derby, is the horse racing industry. I mean, here in New Jersey, sports betting was marketed to the state as a way to help the state's horse racing industry. The jury's still out on how much it's helping the horse racing industry. But how do you see horse racing fit into the current landscape of gambling expansion? And, and, and really, how can horse racing be included in the, uh, the expansion of gaming in this country? John, I'll let you lead. Uh, yeah, the um, you know I think it's a it's a great a great conversation to have. I think you know here in Indiana, obviously the, the racing has evolved along with uh, the formation of racinos back in uh, 2008 2010, and that has really helped to grow the uh, horse racing community here in Indiana. As a matter of fact, have actually about doubled uh, in ten years. 
Um, but try and figure out how to fit them in with sports wagering and iGaming, you know, is something that we're, we're having discussions about and how do we help them to generate revenue when they really, you know, need people to come to, to the tracks. But that that's something, and I think, you know, that's why we love having these kind of conversations at Nickel G's mm-hmm. with other associations is really to hear what is going on in the horse racing community and how legislators can help. Dave, I'll give you a great example. I think sports wagering is going to help revive that industry. Mm-hmm. And last night as I was hopping on one of my apps, I, I do participate in sports betting, you know, obviously, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> hopped on one of my apps. And what popped up was essentially, hey, the Kentucky Derby's this week. Yep. Why don't you click here and here's a free bet, you know, how they try to br- bring you in. Point being, mm-hmm. years ago, that's not a thing. Yeah. Right. I'm not being captured in that market and I'm not seeking it out because I'm not an avid, avid horse racing fan. However, if I am now participating in the NBA playoffs and betting on that, and I see this, I'm more likely to do so. So point being, it's going to help revive an industry that I'm not so sure is very popular right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it could help bring, you know, a younger demographic sure, to racing. Sure. And I think, you know, the horse racing industry needs to, in my opinion, think about how to modernize. You know, do you go to fixed odds? Do you, you know, change some of the formats? But I think some of those discussions are, you know, top of mind in the race horse racing community. Now, now, these are only some of the topics you'll be discussing at the summer meeting of the National Council of Legislators from Gaming States being held from July 12th to the 15th. What are some of the other topics you'll be discussing? I think one thing that I think we're really excited to be offering is a, uh, you know, gaming 101 Mm -hmm. segment. Uh, The first morning will be, you know, it's a program design. Sean and I will be leading it that is designed for new legislators. So we're going out and trying to communicate with them across the country and bring them into Denver and really provide the basics on gaming. And then, um, you know, that's something that we used to offer and we have in the past few years, but uh, this year we're bringing that back. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, to John's point, I think that's the number one thing. If you're saying, what are we going to have that other conferences do not offer? It's that right there. You're going to have two legislators, myself and John, leading a discussion in a room full of legislators talking about, here's how you get it done. Here are the mistakes we made. Here's what we learned along the way. So you're going to have legislators who are on states on the brink of passage or states that have failed to pass, and we ask them, What's the holdup? What's the issue? So, you know, that's a workshop that I think you're not going to get anywhere else if you're a legislator. And on top of that, we're going to have all these meetings with important people in the industry that you may not meet elsewhere. We have a responsible gaming panel. As I said earlier, you know, I believe that's the the big discussion for legislators moving forward in this country for all states. You know, not just those are on the brink of passage, but even West Virginia and, and Indiana, where we're looking back and going, Maybe we made some mistakes along the way now that we have evidence and data to go off of. So these discussions are going to have be led by not just legislators, but leading people in the industry, regulators from many states that have been at the front lines of this from 2018 on who can speak to it and say, here's how you need to move forward or here's what we would do if we could go back again. I think it's, it's something that's uh, you're not going to get in many, uh, many conferences, especially the workshop where you're going to get the one on one. That's invaluable moving forward if you're a prospective legislator or current legislator. 
I just want to point out again that this summer meeting of the National Council of Legislators from Gaming States is going to be held from July 12th to the 15th, and you can check out their website at nclgs.org. And I'm assuming that would be the best place to go if you want to register for the event. Is that correct? Uh, yes. yes, that's correct. Okay. And, and I might add, we do uh, provide some uh, scholarships mm -hmm. for legislators to attend the event. So that is you know, something that, again, not a lot of conferences do, but we, uh, you know, it's one of our goals is to try to get as many legislators as we can to learn about gaming. We don't have a lot of time left, but I want to ask you both, what do you see as the major issues for the gambling industry in the coming year? What, what do you think that your individual state's major issue will be with regard to the gambling industry? I think Sean's, you know, hit it on it a few times. I think consumer protections, mm -hmm. I also think we'll have a lot more discussions on player, um, uh, player protections. You know, what are we doing at, with sports wagering and our regulators to support uh, players? Because as we know, there seems to be a lot of uh, um, social media bullying of uh, players, and that seems to be coming to the surface a little more. And, you know, to Sean's point about maybe some things that we would have liked to add in the legislation, I think those two topics will be ones that states will be talking about. Yeah, Dave, just, you can kind of look now what states are doing. So Maryland just passed legislation that's related to these affiliate relationships and independent evaluators of these uh, affiliate relationships related to advertising and sports betting, which I think you know it's there are no <laughs> checks and balances. There are no guardrails in no, place. No. And you start looking. We've regulated – a of virtually every aspect of sports betting except that area. And that's the area that's running rampant right now. So I think consumer protection related to that, we need to know that everything that's being advertised and these affiliate relationships with touts and influencers, that it's legitimate. And if you're going to license a sports book, you want that byproduct of the license and what they're telling the public to be legit. And that needs to be regulated. And we've seen it in Maryland, West Virginia moves similar legislation through the house and we ran out of time in the Senate. And I think other states are going to come on board with that. We had great testimony from a company named SharpRank that actually came to Nickel Cheese previously and said, hey, look, you know, here's the data we're able to pull on this. And we feel like this is the, the area where there's no real regulation or checks or balances in place. And you start looking at the legislator and going, well, yeah, that makes sense. We really didn't touch on that back when we passed sports betting because we didn't know at the time. We didn't have the evidence that we have now. And to the player protection side, I had legislation that was moving related to uh, the issue of these players and coaches, referees who are getting uh, threatened on a regular basis. Yeah, and yeah. you should have the ability as a regulator to pull, you know, it's not a fundamental right to sports bet. right. It's not <laughs> like uh, we need to go through a big legal process to pull your ability to sports bet, especially if you're threatening a player. And those are things that are simple that at the time when sports betting was passed, many States like West Virginia and others, didn't realize was going to kind of flow from it. So I think that's the next wave. The next thing is consumer protection for those who are participating in the sports themselves. And then the better on what they're seeing from these sports books through these affiliate relationships that don't necessarily have to be disclosed currently to regulators and really have no uh, checks or balances in place. 
Senator John Ford and Delegate Sean Flaherty from National Council of Legislators from Gaming States, thank you so much for coming on and talking about some of the major issues facing states with regard to the gambling industry. And I want to remind everyone that the summer meeting for the National Council of Legislators from Gaming States is being held from July 12th to the 15th in Denver, Colorado. And you can also check out their website at nclgs.org. Senator Ford and Delegate Flaherty, thank you so much for coming on and telling us all about it. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it very much. Thanks a lot. We'll see you. Have a great weekend. Stick around. We'll be right back with more House of Cards. If you don't have final expense life insurance, this message is for you. LifeCare provides valuable information about whole life insurance to help cover final expenses, medical bills, burial costs, and other final expenses. A final expense life insurance policy is fast and available to anyone between the ages of 50 and 80. No medical exam, no lengthy questionnaires, and no waiting period. Just answer a few questions and we'll do the rest. With the average funeral costing $9,420 and Social Security only paying $255, you need simple peace of mind for you and your whole family. Don't leave behind unpaid expenses. Your premium will never increase. Your policy will have a cash value and a death benefit that can never decrease. To find out how you can get final expense life insurance with a lifetime lock, call Life Care at 800-459-8822. That's 800-459-8822. Some people like knocking boots. How to do? While others get lucky. And some just get it on. No matter how you do it or what you call it, Adam and Eve makes your whoopee hot. With 50% off almost any one sexy item, just enter offer code BOOTS2 at checkout and get 50% off plus 10 free gifts, including free shipping. First, get busy with a gift for you. Shake the sheets with something exciting for them and hit a home run with a third item you'll both enjoy. Sounds like someone hit the sweet spot. Plus six free bonus gifts that'll make you say, Bow chicka wow wow. Adam and Eve is tapping that offer. Oh yeah. With 50% off and 10 free gifts, including free shipping. Use offer code BOOTS2 at adamandeve.com now. That's offer code Boots 2. Boots 2 at adamandeve.com. People gotta win sometimes. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a giant, colorful check to deposit. Beating the House is brought to you by BetMGM Casino. Play your favorite casino games at BetMGM Online Casino. Slots, table games, live dealer games, everything you love about Atlantic City and Vegas, all online at BetMGM. Don't wait. Join in the fun now. Go to BetMGM Casino, create an account using our promo code TURNPIKE, and become a verified player. New players get $25 free when signing up, plus a first deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's promo code TURNPIKE 
at betmgm.com for a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 plus $25 free. Grab a lion's share of the fun at betmgm.com. Must be 21 years or older to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to another edition of Beating the House. I'm Doug Weishuttle here with Dave Weishuttle. We're going to be crisscrossing the country discussing jackpots of $100,000 or more that have occurred in casinos, online, lotteries, bingo, table games, what have you. We're going to be talking about if it's $100,000 or more. Press releases, info at turnpikesportsradio.com. Keep them coming in. We're getting more and more every week. Yep. Uh, let's go. We're going to start off, and before I actually get into this, we do have a bingo one this week. Okay, and I'll we get do. to that yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, said it before, before in the last segment, yeah. before going to commercial. We're going to start off. You call that a tease. I call that a tease. Oh, wow, there's a there's a bingo jackpot. we got to stick around for that one. Yes, yes. Everyone wants to hear bingo. Bingo. Uh, slot. We have a slot jackpot in Roner Park, California, Groton Resort and Casino. Did Roner we have Park. this a couple weeks ago too? Well, we have. Wait, what's, what's we have the, very some loose slots over at what the hell is a Groton Resort? We got a pair. We did. Oh. We did talk about so, one of them, but we didn't talk about the one that accompanied it. Okay. See, I told you they're loose slots over we, there. We have at six fifty-one p.m. on a Sunday evening. Okay. A guest won a $1,025,167.57 jackpot playing an aristocrat progressive auto moon dragon link. We talked about that one. Auto moon dragon link. Yeah, kind of. Two hours later. Wow, two hours, huh? Another guest, same night, two hours later, (laughs) $1,002,072.53 playing aristocrat panda magic dragon link. Wow, okay. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I see the Dragon Link is common with it. Is right. that the same? Is that a kind of a brand or is that? Dra- kind of... Dragon Link has different uh, brands underneath the big brand. Okay. So right. Auto Moon. So is one's Auto one Moon Dragon Link and the other one is Panda Magic. Panda Magic. Boy, that sounds <laughs> like a. Uh... Okay, everyone can use a little Panda, Panda Magic exactly. in their life. So. But Aristocrat, good night at Grattan Resort. Okay. Um, here we are. We're going on to the Las Vegas Strip now. We've got. At one of the Caesars properties, it was Caesars Palace to be exact. A Mississippi stud poker player. Oh, when was the last yeah. time we talked Mississippi stud, I, if ever? No, I don't think so. I don't remember talking about Mississippi stud. Well, this Mississippi stud player took home the mega progressive jackpot of $277,866. The hand that won the jackpot was the king and jack of clubs. From the player, All right. combined with the community cards of 10, queen, and ace in clubs. Same wow. suit. Okay, good. Royal flush, 277 grand, some uh, Mississippi stud magic. There yeah, you panda go. magic, we got Mississippi yeah, stud magic. How's that? There's nothing like panda magic, though. No, 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 no. And now here we come to our bingo jackpot. Henderson, Nevada. Oh, Going Henderson. to Green Valley Ranch. All right. Uh, a local Henderson casino paid a visitor a six-figure sum. This is how the press release was worded. This is a station casino, so we have the winner is a boarding pass member. Okay. Yeah, they, that's what they call yeah. their loyalty I, club. I love that. That's actually ca- oh, I always like Well, station casino that, yeah. has a train theme to it, yeah. a train station theme kind of thing. So. And the boarding pass is their loyalty club. Yep. As a matter of fact, I think I've talked about this before. One of the more interesting ones, the higher tiers on the boarding pass uh, loyalty club, you can actually get cruise tickets for yourself. Oh, okay. As part of the rewards. Oh, So very different uh, loyalty club they've got there than a lot of other places. But this uh, happened at a 1 p.m. bingo session. 
Okay. Afternoon bingo. Some afternoon bingo. All right. A little afternoon bingo. Uh, The player won $231,429. And they played a uh, what was called the Jumbo Bingo Game. And it's very interesting the way this is all. I, I, I had to learn lingo for this. All right. Uh, the the winning player achieved a coverall. A coverall. Yes. You mean like a you know like a jean coverall? You mean something you wear? No, no, no. What, what is that coverall? What are you talking Enduring about? jumbo bingo games. All right. And thank God for this explanation given in the release. Players are given cards with the even numbers already covered, so the the announcer of the game only calls odd numbers, and he covered his card. Well, okay, I get, I okay. He I covered guess. the card. Once you cover your card, you get the. See, I don't. Get the I, see, I don't know the variations of bingo. Thing. When you tell me bingo, I, I, I did not know it was this complicated. And, to and be honest, what do you with call you. a coverall? Isn't that what you know? You know that jean thing that like farmers wear yes. with the clip. Aren't they called coveralls? They're called coveralls. All right. So when you told me they were giving him no, a he's, coverall, he, he's not I mean, a farmer like, coming well, in. I don't. I know. Well, I don't know a coverall. He, he achieved a coverall in fifty-one. That's what that's what it's called. I, 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 this bingo lingo, I, it's wow. It, it's a whole other world. All right, wow. Okay, uh, but again, you know, it, it, he won the. Hey, hey. Yep. What else are you gonna do? One o'clock in the afternoon, and you you won two hundred and thirty thousand. Two hundred grand. Two hundred yeah, grand and some change. Yeah, two hundred thirty-one grand. It's jumbo progressive jackpot. Because you know bingo. what? Sometimes regular bingo isn't exciting enough. You kind of have to. Do the variation of it, don't you? The coverall thing. I, I I've never heard of a coverall. I'd I, I, uh, I, I, have no idea. Thank you, Stations Casino. For, Watch, we're gonna uh, get email from bingo players. They're yeah. gonna stop making fun of bingo. Well, hey, tell me. Info at turnpikesportsradio.com. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want hey, to hear the, some of these other odd, you know co- what? Odd, the, odd ways of doing bingo. The the guy won two hundred and thirty one thousand dollars playing yeah. a coverall on a Wednesday on a Wednesday bingo one o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon what else are you going to do one o'clock on a Wednesday you know, if you're wait, not working let's change up bingo let's make it more exciting cover up some of the numbers half the numbers half the wow what all crazy. the even numbers were crazy. covered and the guy oh was only calling god so what a, what a crazy gambler anyone on a coverall all right there you go that sounds like some kind of football term or something watch I'd, I'd play it one time I'd be hooked it'd be fun probably, it'd probably be fun Doing this kind of variation, maybe. I don't know. Still, I don't think it's going to beat Panda Magic, though. No, no. Well, we're going to end our slot jackpots with a run of Jersey jackpots. Okay. I should get some theme music. Yeah, I know. Um, Starting on April 14th, we have $100,927 at Ocean Casino playing Bally Cash Falls Outback Fortune. Don't know exactly where the cash falls are, but... It sounds like since it's Outback, it's Australian-themed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and same day, $119,967 at Hard Rock, Atlantic City, playing Aristocrat Sahara Gold Cash Lightning Cash. All right. April 15th, $100,000 on Bally'sCasino.com, actually $100,745, playing L&W Gamings. That's another company, brand-new company we're talking about. I've never heard of it. Yeah. L- L&W Gamings Ultimate Fire Link China Street. All right. These names are getting longer and longer every time we do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, April 17th, $100,040 on DraftKings.com, playing Williams, Jinjai, Baoji, Endless Treasures. Always see one of those every yeah. time we do a Jersey Jackpot. Apparently they pay off. I've, I, I don't think I played that. I don't I don't know. Um, 
I probably have. I probably just never really looked closely at the title of it, but okay. April 20th, $1,978,196. That was the extra Chili's Megaways record jackpot paid out by DraftKings. Yeah, yeah. I did, yep. I did a, um, I think I did a news report on that yep. on um, BetFlash, was it? Yep. Okay. Uh, it was a record progressive for DraftKings and the $5 million jackpot in New Jersey. See, that's incredible. I, I think the fifth million dollar jack. We didn't have five until October mm-hmm. of last year. So uh, April twenty first, one hundred twenty five grand won at Harris Lang City, the brick and mortar property, playing Bally double jackpot. And finally, on April twenty second, we had two, one hundred eight thousand seven hundred ninety two dollars and fifty three cents at Borgata Lang City. As a matter of fact, both of these are at Borgata Lang City. Aristocrats Dragon Cash, and I included this because same day. $99,073 playing Aristocrats Lightning Cash. Wow, it's a big day at Borgata, huh? This was on the buck, uh, Brick and Mortar. This, this is was, Brick and Mortar. All right, okay. Both Aristocrat games, won the Dragon Cash, won the Lightning Cash. Wow. All right, that ends the casino portion of our program. We're going over to the lottery side now. Okay. Um, we've got a New Jersey lottery winner out of Bordentown, New Jersey, basically right down the road. Yeah, it's, right about 10, 15 minutes yep. from here. Uh, uh, bought the ticket at Quick Stop Food Store at R- Route 130 and 206. For those of you in you Jersey, know, you know that location. I, 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 I kind of know where it is. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what the Quick Stop Food Store is. I I, I probably passed it you, about passed 500 it times, times. <laughs> last week, but uh, I don't know. But the, the player went in, got a cash five ticket, won $208,450. Wow. Uh, the store gets 2000 Okay. Good for the store there. Uh, we've got two other lottery stories. We've got a Michigan lottery story. We've got a 51-year-old man who won more than half a million dollars in the monthly state drawing, and he almost didn't get it. Why? What happened? He refused to answer the call that Ugh. was coming in from the lottery because he did not recognize the number. Well, I, I'm assuming the lottery left a message. The lottery left a message after several times trying to reach him. Okay. They didn't do it right away. I don't know why they just didn't leave the first time. Uh, okay. But he called it back. Well, they might have. Well, he called the number back. Okay. Ends up, he since he was playing a lot, they entered him into a random drawing. Oh, okay. He didn't know he had a, he was actually okay. part of this drawing because it was random. It, to be fair, I would let that go oh, to yeah, message, so would I. too. Yeah. I, I wouldn't pick it up if I didn't know the number. And we have a progressive prize of $625,162 that he almost missed out on because he didn't recognize the number. So congratulations to him. And we've got one in Iowa, the Iowa lottery. This one's not a $100,000 jackpot. It's a $20,000 jackpot, but it's a good indication that you should always, when when you actually go in intending to play the lottery, always have a backup game. Because this person want, went into the lot, to the retail store or convenience or whatever it was uh-huh. uh, and wanted to play a certain game. The game was out. They had no, no tickets left. So I'm assuming it was like one of those scratch of those tickets. Day. Just call the, out the number. The roll of scratch the tippi- tickets yeah. behind the counter. But the game he wanted to play, they didn't have any more of those. So he decided to do the $20,000 crossword scratch-off ticket. Okay. And he won... To $20,000. Wow, good for him. Because he had a backup plan. Good. 
Yeah, I don't know how much of a backup plan. You have plan, a plan. So, plan. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it always pays off. Obviously, yeah. it pays off. Well, you know what? Just don't walk away. If you actually have the urge to play, try one of the other ones. Yeah, why not? If you're spending the same amount of money getting the ticket, give it a shot. Yeah, who knows? Uh, but that's it for this week's Beating the House. Congratulations to all our winners this week. Keep, them come, keep the press releases coming in. We'll keep doing the segment. Well, that'll do for us this week. We'll see you next time on the radio with House of Cards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.